friends, and welcome back to another week on the Ope I Did It Again podcast with Tanya and Rachel. Um, and we have a guest here with us this week, our very first guest on the podcast. Yeah, more importantly, we have friends, not just the two of us that like to talk to each other. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we are yeah. joined by our former coworker turned friend, Morgan. Um, Morgan, why don't you introduce our, yourself? Um, if you want to share, like we've shared um, our astrological sign or Hogwarts house, uh, really whatever you our, feel like. Our I cultural share. identifiers. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, so introduce yourself um, to, the, to the podcast. Hey, everyone. Group. Hey, everyone. Uh, I'm Morgan. Uh, I'm definitely a Gryffindor. Um, very proud of that. Uh, sun sign Leo, rising Aquarius, moon and Aries. So I've got a lot of wow, a lot of stuff going on with my chart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so like one of the questions you asked was uh was what was my sexual awakening? And I feel like it's 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 not weird, but it was like in sync and backstreet boys at the same time. Like mm-hmm. but who likes specifically? Okay, JC Chaze. <laughs> And Lance Bass too. Lance Bass was a. Was I a, love a, the Lance Bass feature. Like it just it's good stuff. Yeah, like he's like he's still a great guy. You know, mm-hmm. he's it probably speaks to why I'm attracted to um, such a wide range of uh, men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, queer men, regular men, whatever that means. So also, I just want to say my my top five celebrity crushes because we love a good crush yes. on this podcast that um, has been established yes if please. your guys doesn't include doja cat i'm sorry for you <laughs> it did um, not <laughs> they did not but we're now including her <laughs> uh vince staples and uh noah centineo as well as jacob alordi <laughs> Okay, Jacob Alordi. Yes, the other names. I don't, who did you even say? I Noah. Don't even know those people. Noah Centineo. He's, he's the heartthrobbing uh, to all the boys I loved before. Oh, he's okay. I don't think he's Peter. Okay, I'm going to be very. I'm going to be very honest. I don't think I have ever heard his last name spoken out. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> that's where I was like, oh, Noah. Who now? What are you? <laughs> but Jacob Alordi, I oh, watched. He's that. really hot. He's it's really so hot. hot. Yeah. I, Okay, so I don't watch Euphoria. I like knew nothing about him. And then I watched his Hot Ones episode. And I texted uh, my friend Julie. And I, did I text you to Rachel? No, I texted I my think sister. So, and I was yeah. like, who is this Jacob Bellordi? And why? But that, oh, yeah, I did because I was I was making fun of you for thinking that Jack Harlow was hot as a 24 year old. Jack Harlow, thank you. And now I'm like, oh, Jacob Bellordi's 24. He's fucking hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really hot. Yeah. And he plays such a bad boy. Oh, yeah. man. But yeah, if there was a Jacob Alerti who attended my high school, I he would have been my sexual awakening. In high school. <laughs> Not Orlando Bloom. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Orlando Bloom would be definitely be up there for me, too. I, I remember having, because like I moved around a lot as a, a in high school. So like yeah. I didn't get to like, decorate my room but there was one place that we um we stayed long enough that I got to decorate and I just it was just pictures of beautiful men everywhere (laughs) like perfect uh, Mm -hmm. so we are we brought Morgan on today um to talk about something that a lot of people struggle with um and to help gain like a broader perspective on it but we would like to talk about mental health um, and how to navigate mental health struggles while dating, how to date while you're navigating mental health struggles, all of the yeah. above. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's such a broad topic. So I'm sh- like, we're going to talk about what we talk about and probably bring Morgan back eventually to c- continue talking mm-hmm. about this. Cause there's, I think mm-hmm. a lot to, to unpack really. Absolutely. Yeah, I think one of the first things I was thinking about, Morgan, um, we both were kind of talking before we started recording, but like we're both kind of navigating some new relationships mm-hmm. and to me the hardest part of a re- new relationship is like uh, let's say the first three months of dating right that yeah. time period where you're like what are we are we anything is this going to turn into anything mm-hmm. um can we just skip past like all of this shit and be like <laughs> partners like yep this is gonna right. last at least for a while like to me that is like nerve-wracking on my mental health so 
much. So like, what are your yeah. thoughts about how have you navigated new relationships? How do you handle that kind of shit? Because I'm honest, I've been struggling for the past couple of weeks about it. Yeah, I think it's hard. I think like, it's hard to navigate a new relationship because you want to just like jump right in and just be like, all right, this is it. This is what we're at. But like building a relationship is like so much in it. It's so much work, not just on your own, but together too. Mm-hmm. So like, you have to be like that other person has to be willing to work on it and, and like work with you and compromise and all that fun stuff that comes with relationships. And like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to say. Cause like, I feel like I'm struggling too with that. Like there's a couple of people that I've been seeing for, um, for long enough now that I've, I am questioning, like, what are we like, mm-hmm. are we mm-hmm. like, do you want this to be something serious? Because like the feelings that I'm having are serious feelings. Mm-hmm. Like what, and what, do, what constitutes a serious relationship nowadays? Yeah. Like, cause at this mm-hmm. point I can't see myself living with someone and like having that, like that, that kind of intimacy. Um, just cause I just started, like, I'm in my second year of living alone like yeah. fully alone, independent. And like, I would not trade it for the world. My mental health is like, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've like worked through so much trauma of like, uh, with, with my mental health and everything, like mm-hmm. going to therapy. And I can't imagine adding a person so deep and personal into this space. It would, it would just not be fun. Yeah. Like where I'm at right now is I haven't been in a serious relationship in so long. And even then it was like when I was 19 in college. (laughs) (laughs) So like there's a level of like, I am, that's what I am looking for is a serious relationship at this point, just to Mm -hmm. like finally be in one. But I also like done so much work on myself um, because of the the past relationships that I've had and everything that I've, I've had to undo also my own trauma and everything um Mm -hmm. that even with wanting a serious relationship I like see I check myself almost being like self-sabotaging because I don't know how to be in a serious relationship yeah yeah oh my gosh like self-sabotage is not I don't think it's talked about enough I do it all the time yeah I like know that I at least I'm able to now recognize that I'm doing it. I shouldn't say I do, it, I do it all the time. I used to do it all the goddamn time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know why what I was doing it. I didn't know really even what I was doing. But now looking mm-hmm. back, I'm like, like, I always like joke with my friends, like, no, I was, I say crazy. And I know I shouldn't, but I was like, I was definitely crazy. Like I did crazy, reckless, hurtful things to myself and to the, the men that I was interested in mm-hmm. because I didn't know how to actually handle like rejection, but like of myself, I didn't know how to handle all of these things. So I would make a situation worse by doing these things, like by being crazy. Like, and Mm -hmm. I recognize Mm -hmm. that now. And it's sometimes like I have to, I have to almost fight against that a little bit because it is like a coping mechanism for me. Like Mm -hmm. if I start feeling like something's not going to go the way that I want it to, I have to like stop myself from resorting back to those behaviors that don't serve me, that don't serve the people that I, the the people that I'm interested in or anything like that. Um, But with like past relationships, that was like my go-to fault because I just didn't know how to handle it. And I didn't know, I didn't know how to be with somebody truthfully and honestly. And I also didn't know how to be alone. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think those two things go so hand in hand, like being able to be alone and being able to be with someone like you have to be open and honest, not just with the person that you're with, but with yourself. Like if you're not open and honest with yourself, like you, you're going to have a hard time accepting like that stuff from other people. Mm -hmm. And I think like, it's all i think it all come boils down to changing your self-talk yeah definitely um that is something that like i have worked so hard on in therapy that like 
you know, calling myself crazy, things like that. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, I mean, I, def- I totally know where you're, what you're saying. Like, it's hard to not use that definer. Um, but like, there's things that I've done while in an episode, that's just not like, it's not me, you know, mm-hmm. like I have just be like getting blackout drunk, dating people that are not good for me at all. Um, and just like looking back, I'm so thankful that I have the, the self-talk change because now mm-hmm. it's not like, it's not like I'm, I'm, uh, damaging myself anymore. I'm yes. working mm-hmm. on, you know, changing those patterns. And I've done like, just like what dust my shoulders off real quick, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a huge thing. I think, um, to be able to recognize, like to even like people think it's so easy, but to really actually recognize when you are doing like self-destructive behaviors, mm-hmm. like even if you don't quite know why at that moment, why you're doing that, like, but to recognize like the reason why I feel like I need to get blackout drunk right now is because I'm feeling really lonely, like, mm-hmm. or the yeah. like, other, yeah. those, like those really self-destructive or like, I feel like blowing up his phone and accusing him of not liking me anymore because I'm afraid of feeling lonely or I'm not, um, or I'm afraid that something else is going out. You know what I mean? Like right. to be able to like recognize I'm feeling this way because of this, this, and this, and I need to just take a moment and like do something else is mm-hmm. so powerful. Like yeah. when, you, when you've gone through and have not been able to do that in the past and have literally destroyed relationships because of it and to not be able to do that now, it's huge. It's a huge change. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I'm so, I'm so thankful for what therapy has like given me because it's giving me the tools to have the relationships that I'm having right now. It's giving mm-hmm. me like, I'm able to be open and honest and not feel like if, if one of my partners doesn't talk to me, I I'm not like instantly jumping to conclusions of like, Oh, th- they don't like me. They're like, they're cheating on me. They're like mm-hmm. filling their time with someone else. Whereas now it's like, Oh, they're doing their own thing. Just like I am. They'll get to me when they get to me, you know? Um, that was something that I struggled with a lot before mm-hmm. um, really like recognizing just like attachment issues, like crazy, like, especially when you like, you have a, this chemistry with someone and it's just like this instant spark and you're like, wow, this could go somewhere. And you just like, are like love bombing the crap out of each other. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like, they just like stop talking to you or they like ghost you. And you're like, Oh, okay, cool. Like, what do you do with that? Yeah, Where do you go? With, like, how do you feel? Like, of course I'm going to feel depressed and, and like sad about it. And it's going to affect me so greatly because like we built this like quick little scaffolding of the mm-hmm. relationship and it was just like was brought down by like two two missed texts you know um mm-hmm. now and now it's like the foundation is so much better because the foundation is myself it's not other people yeah you know i think that's a big thing about relationships that people don't recognize or don't talk about is that like the relationship you have with yourself is the most important relationship you're ever going to have. Um, and until you have like a decent relationship with yourself, you're not going to be able to have a decent relationship with somebody else. Cause like, you're not, yeah. you're not going to know what, what a good and healthy relationship is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd love to know both of your guys' opinions on this, like the topic because on this like phrase that you can't love someone until you love yourself or like, you can't be happy with someone if you're not happy by yourself. Like, they're kind of similar, but also different. Like I always, that's what, what I was always told growing up and I still firmly believe it, but I also like, I've heard criticism against that recently about like, well, I have depression, I have anxiety, I have all these mental health issues um, and I still deserve love. And it's like, that's, that's never how I took that phrasing, mm-hmm. but I, I, I always took it more like what you said, Morgan, like you you can't be looking for happiness outside of yourself because you're not going, if you are looking for constant validation from somebody outside of yourself, you are always going to be disappointed and never actually happy. 
Mm-hmm. And that's how I've always understood that, that phrase, that meaning or whatever. But I'd love, like, what do you guys think? Like, is that what you were told? Like, what, like, do you think it's bullshit? Well, I, I really appreciate kind of the metaphor that you used, Morgan, the, that like foundationally, if, if you don't have a sound relationship with yourself, like if, if we as individuals are the building blocks of relationships, like you have to, you are, you are your own foundation. It's got to start. Mm-hmm. It's got to start with you, which isn't to say like none of us enter relationships as like complete, like unchangeable individuals. Right. So right. I think you can both have depression and be struggling with self image or self doubt or any, any host of, of things. And you can bring that in. But I think uh, to me, I think I would agree with you, Tanya. Like I've always heard that phrase just as like, you've got to be strong, strong at your core mm-hmm. before you take on additional, additional cores. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, there's a line in a song it's called, it's a holy by Jamila Woods. And it's um, I'm, I may be lonely, but I'm not alone. I'm holy on my own. And like, mm-hmm. It, every time I listen to that, whenever I'm like feeling sad about not having someone or like feeling lonely, I just pop, pop that song on. And it's just like instantly reminds me of like, it, it just instantly reminds me to just not care, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And just be like, you know, I'm hanging out with myself and I'm having a great time. I think like that's that saying it, it's true to a certain extent, but I think more so it's like, if you can't, if you can't learn to love yourself, you're never going to be able to accept the love that's given to you. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. you don't have to love yourself, but you have to like, you have to be learning. You have to be yeah. open to, mm-hmm. to the love that that other people have to give you. Cause like, there's so much love in the world. It's crazy. Yeah. If you can't, if you can't love yourself or even if like, I think if you are struggling with that, if you can't see that you are worthy of being loved, like if you can't understand that someday you will love yourself, if that's not the goal that you're working towards, I think that's when it becomes a really tricky time to be entering into relationships where what you're pursuing is someone who will love you. Like if you can't Mm -hmm. believe it about yourself, what, what are you projecting onto other people? What are you inviting for them to, yeah, to pour into you? Yeah, I definitely like, I went through a relationship like that and it was, it was the most unhealthy relationship I've ever had, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause I wasn't, I didn't know what kind of love that I deserved. Like I didn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, thinking that I deserved a good, good kind of love. I was not in a good place. And when you accept love from anywhere and anything, you end up getting, you know, not always, you know, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's the door is open to any and everything Mm -hmm. and sometimes bad things come in and and uh you know if you're not Mm willing if you if you don't know how to not like how to set boundaries or like notice red flags like you're gonna accept that love and you're gonna Mm -hmm. you're gonna learn real quick that that's not the right kind of love the way that we talk about love in our society like maybe some people are like that's too strong of a word but i think if you can at least like respect yourself, like base level yeah. of like who you mm-hmm. are as a human being, respect your humanity, that you deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. Like that should be like very base level stuff that, because yeah, I think unfortunately that's what, and I'm not victim blaming here by any stretch of the imagination, but I think no, that like, no. unfortunately, right. Like that's how you allow people to not treat mm-hmm. you well. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I've had to deal with. Like back in my early twenties that I, I take responsibility that there's a level I let some of the men do the things that they did um, because I, I didn't have enough self-respect at that time. I didn't know how to stand up for myself or what I even really wanted. And again, like that's not, I'm not blaming myself because they also should have not treated me like that. There is a level of like acknowledging, okay, like I had a part to play in that and I don't want to ever be put back into a situation. Like I deserve better. And Mm -hmm. It can be really like hard to admit that though. Like it can be hard to admit that and hard to like, again, change your thought patterns. I think yeah. you bring up a good point, Morgan, about changing your self-talk where um, like you, you, you brought up like the people not texting you back. Like that is one of my big triggers. Like if I don't hear from somebody, um, I actually just told, told the, the man that I'm seeing that I'm dating right now because he went like without texting me for a really long time one day. 
And I said, you know, like, I understand that you are busy. I just want you to know where I'm coming from. Like in a previous relationship, when my partner didn't text me back, it's because he was mad at me and didn't know how to talk to me about it. Or he was annoyed with me and didn't know how to talk to me about it. So he would just ignore me. And like, Mm -hmm. that's where my mind goes. And I'm not blaming you. I'm not saying that you're doing necessarily anything wrong, but I want you to know that like, if I'm ever panicking or if I'm ever being like a little bit weird, like I'm just fighting that, that thought process that I have I'm able to recognize now how I'm thinking and why I'm thinking it and try to do something about it. But I also want you to know where I'm coming from. And I think that's a key piece too, about mental health and relationships is like learning how to be actually really honest with your partners um, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. explaining where you're coming from and like what happened to you on some level, right. Or what um, you've gone through to kind of be where you are right now. Like we don't get to being 30 without any, (laughs) any relationship (laughs) trauma. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I had like, I had something happen to me that has now like instilled, like no one is coming to my house without meeting in public. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just, so it's crazy because it didn't happen. It was not like a first date. It happened. Like we dated for a couple weeks, Uh saw each other and it was great. He said, I love you to me. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh my God, Morgan. <laughs> um, no, I can't. This was like maybe after a month of like hanging out four, maybe four times hanging out and like whatever. So uh, he also peed in my bed, right? Oh, no. Morgan. Yeah. yeah, he was like what? so drunk. He was so oh. drunk. We had been drinking together and like, I didn't realize how drunk he was. And he just like pissed in my bed. It was a, it was a very strange time. I was like, okay, let's just strip the bed. Like, let's just, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after he ghosted me and I was like, okay. I mean, that might be the one time. That- I, yeah, <laughs> no, no, I'm, no, I'm I was kidding, like, I'm kidding, but I was like, mm-hmm. what the fuck, what happened? But also kind of relieved, you know, because like mm-hmm. now I don't have to break things off of you because you pissed in my bed and said, I love you. Like what? <laughs> yeah. So fast forward to a few weeks later, I um, I had just gotten back from uh, super sad, but like I just gotten back from Muskegon because I was taking care, helping take care of my grandpa while he was sick before he mm-hmm. passed away. And um I was at a friend's house and he texted me at like three o'clock in the morning and like, was like, where are you? What are you doing? And I was like, um, not at home. Like, what's up? He like, we like talked on the phone for like three, maybe five minutes. And he was like, I'm sorry for ghosting you. Like, I, like some crazy shit happened. I was just like, cool, whatever. Okay. Um, and I get home and my upstairs neighbors, he came into my apartment, stole my rent money, pissed in my bed, went upstairs to my neighbor's apartment, knocked on the apartment door and was like, yo, do you have some sugar? And was like adjusting his pants, ran back downstairs, locked my door, left out the window. Wow. Yeah. How did he get into your apartment? Did he break in? Yeah. He broke in through my window. Damn. Yeah. So now people don't come to my house. They, they, yeah. we, we meet, we meet first and, and yeah. Yeah. It was like, I filed police charges as well and they, mm-hmm. they didn't, they didn't do anything. Just, you know, a cab all day. Yeah. I, damn. <laughs> we've shared some stories. We've heard a couple stories, but I don't think I have anything that it would even ever top that maybe. <laughs> So yeah. oh my god. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm glad you weren't hurt, like physically hurting it, but yeah. Honestly, yeah. like emotional yeah. and mental stress of that. Like yeah, yeah. Us. It was it was because it because I was off of work for a month. So I had to borrow money for rent. And I had yeah. gotten the text in the morning from my landlord being like, Hey, like if you don't pay rent, we're gonna evict you. And I was like, Oh man, like I'm gonna do this. Like I'm gonna be paying it to you. I was planning on doing it today, and then I got home and my money was gone, and I was like, uh, so like I just got robbed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, okay, well we'll just take your deposit, and uh, instead of you know giving you giving you more time on to pay on rent, we'll just take your deposit and call it good. Just make sure you're not late on rent next rent. Well. Landlords yeah. have no sympathy. No, they do not. They are a heartless group. Yeah. 
Wow. That's a whole other, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that is crazy. Like, that's just so wow. Yeah. And I think like, that's a hard part about boundaries is that, especially when it comes to dating is on some level, I feel like you kind of have to go through some shit to like figure out what your boundaries are. Like, I think there are some clear boundaries that like you probably just have as like a person when you start dating. But I think like, I just think about what my boundaries are now compared to even five years ago, definitely 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And also like how I would communicate them. Like I am really pretty upfront, I would say, and honest with any partners I have when it comes to like sex or just dating in general. Um, And I've had to like get to this point through some shit. And Mm -hmm. like, it's not like, like you said, like, it's not fun. Like I don't um, necessarily regret any of that, but um, it has helped me. I think have a better relation, be able to be a better person when it comes to relationships and dating, because I'm able to, to be more honest. I'm able to like establish my boundaries up front and not, um, I mean, I guess let myself be victimized, but also, um, just, like not date truly terrible men. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's hard to find someone who aligns with your ideals, you know, 100%. But I think it's also healthy to have some sort of discourse, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it shouldn't be on polar opposite ends, because then it just leads to like this weird tension, you know, like, yeah. Because like, I can't respect someone who doesn't respect black people, or like, doesn't yeah. think that black lives matter, or, you know, like, that we should, you know, not have wars over oil, like we should, mm-hmm. you know, stop doing that um yeah. or like a hot like a, take <laughs> yeah super, stop wars about oil yeah. <laughs> uh you know like another another one that that uh is dear near dear to my heart is like eating the rich you know like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and like i don't see why anyone who is working class cannot like cannot get behind it and this person that i'm seeing is like i don't say isn't behind it but like thinks you can just kind of like pull yourself up by your bootstraps Mm -hmm. and i'm like that's not how that works like yeah we need we need a universal base income so that people can pull themselves up by bootstraps like we need help like socialism all the way like Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. yeah i totally agree with more i think that's part of like growing up too that like i have to be like i'm all the people that I know, like that are in relationships have been married by now and all of that. That's great. But like, I'm, I'm honestly like really grateful that I've been single for the most of my life because mm-hmm. I do think that like the person that I wanted when I was 20 is not the same person that I want now. And like, even like only a couple years ago, like, I think you bring up a good point. Like, I know that Rachel, I've to- told you this before, but like, it's hard when you start dating somebody because there have been times when I've dated, like dated a couple people where I felt like, super strong connection with them was like, we share the same beliefs. Like we're on the same page about everything. Like I Mm -hmm. find him so attractive, like all of this. And then it just doesn't work out. Like he doesn't find me attractive. It just doesn't work out. And it's like, I, how, how can I feel such a strong connection with this person, but he doesn't, or it doesn't work out and that kind of a thing. And now like, there's been a couple relationships. And even now, like I feel a really good connection with him, with the guy that I'm seeing um, but we are really different. Like he, he is not that politically minded like I am. And mm-hmm. he, like, he wants to hear what I'm like, what I think and everything, but he, he doesn't like, he asked me, um, what non-binary meant. A couple weeks ago. <laughs> like he doesn't know, like he, like, and mm-hmm. he's not like against it. He just, that's yeah. not, he's not been in the same circles that I have been. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. it's been interesting to like navigate that where it's like, we're not on the same, we're, we're on the same page about like, I would say core values about like respect and growth and all of that. Yeah. But like, yeah. he's not, I would say like even two years ago, he's not the person that I thought I would be with because I thought I needed to be somebody who is just as passionate about, mm-hmm. about things as I am, who is just as knowledgeable about everything that like, I am. And I'm like, yeah, I think like, it's just like the more dating you do, it turns out the more you like learn about maybe what you want out of a relationship, yeah. who mm-hmm. you actually want to be with, like it changes. And like, I think that that's healthy and that's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Cause like, I mean, at 19, I didn't, I, I 
certainly was not I definitely wouldn't like the same person that I liked at 19 I mean that's why it's why I got divorced because I grew I grew up and I was like wow this is not the person that I want to be with like this is not the Mm -hmm. kind of relationship I want like I I mean I was so suffocated I mean he was a great person like I have no like negative things to say about him just the relationship itself was just like Mm -hmm. We'd been together for seven years. Most of those were before I was, you know, before we were married, but like committing yourself at such a young age to someone, it's just so like, when I see people that are getting married now, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That Mm -hmm. makes sense. You're, you're in your, you're in your late thirties. I feel like 25 is when I really like started noticing the differences between us and Mm -hmm. like that's when your brain is finally developed fully. So like, I, you know, recognize that, that this is not the relationship I want to be in. I don't want to be in a relationship with someone that I have to like tell uh, about social events months in advance, just so you can prepare for them. You know, Mm -hmm. like I need to be, be with someone who's like, yeah, let's go do this thing with Mm -hmm. no, no plan, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like if anything, a question that I have about your boundaries, Morgan, is related to like, how do you, how quickly do you share? Do you share at all your exact diagnosis? Does that just come up naturally? Do you, like, how Um, does that, how does that play into your relationships? That's a great question. Um, It really just depends on the person. Most times I'm really open and honest uh, with it because, because it affects my life so much that like people who are like, are going to be, or are close to me should know that like I have bipolar disorder. So like Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm going to be really manic and you're going to notice and you're going to think that I'm on drugs and it's not true. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) you know, I can't count how many times in the summertime, like when I was working in Grand Rapids, how many times people were like, Morgan, like, what are you on? I'm like, Mm -hmm. life, baby. (laughs) It's just my brain. Just my brain. brain. Mm -hmm. You know? And then, but then there comes the depressive times where it's like, I don't want to do anything. I'm literally just like, all I do is sleep Mm -hmm. and I don't want to see anyone. So like, I have to be upfront and honest with people because I don't want them to think like, Oh, I'm ignoring you or like, whatever. Like it's no, it's just, my brain is telling me to just like be alone. So I'm going to be alone. I think most people I've been lucky that most people aren't like turned off by my diagnosis. Cause I think bipolar, I, I mean, I've been lucky in both with dating and my work relationships and medically as well like I mean I did I do have to advocate for myself a lot more I think than Mm -hmm. people without a mental mental illness because I have to like remind my doctor like no I don't want to kill myself it's just my brain is my Mm -hmm. that's just the intrusive thought that comes into my brain all the time um I think that uh it's definitely it gives me a lot more reason to be honest because like I'll have, I'll have times in my hypomanic state where I just like overshare and let's yeah. like, I'm just going to trauma dump on you real quick and just dump all this information. And hopefully you're cool with it. Most people are, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. Good then. Yeah. 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 Um, I haven't, I haven't been like judged. I feel like because of my diagnosis, which is great. Um, cause it is a very, rough diagnosis i mean having bipolar disorder is not fun by any means yeah. um having mood swings and like waking up in the morning and being like okay uh which one's it gonna be today am i gonna feel mm-hmm. depressed or am i gonna feel happy am i gonna mm-hmm. want to spend all of my money on dumb shit <laughs> you know <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you got it like yeah i like to set people up for for, for that because you know that's uh, working, working through this, you know, I, uh, when I first was diagnosed, I had to really like drill into my brain that like, I have bipolar disorder. I am not bipolar disorder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And like changing myself talk about like, especially with my intrusive thoughts, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's just what they are is intrusive thoughts. They're not real, you know, 
they're yeah. not they're not rooted in anything other than our insecurities um and it's it's really it's been really great to go on this journey of like self self introspection introspection mm-hmm. is the word that i'm looking for um and like learning so much about myself especially living alone um because like mm-hmm. when i was living with people like there's still like i'm still have to be social at, at the time to- at times i still have to mm-hmm. clean up after myself you know there's like a sense of responsibility but when you're living on your own like when i'm depressed it's bad you know like yeah i don't feel the responsibilities that i feel when i'm living with someone so it's like learning how to be an adult all over again mm-hmm. um which is you know super fun everyone loves to be an adult <laughs> adulting yeah. is so fun yeah. very fun mm-hmm. yeah i think and like learning learning the boundaries has been the heart like the, the hardest but also easiest mm-hmm. because once you recognize what your boundaries are it's so easy to be like hey like that's not something i'm into like i really yeah. don't like like i was um talking with the, the we'll we'll call it we'll i don't know what to call him we'll we'll just call him the liberal the non-liberal <laughs> um <laughs> i was talking with him and he we were getting into a conversation about something i think it was um about how like credit works and like how it's bad and we were just Talk getting about stuck. a conspiracy theory credit. yeah oh god yeah. that's the one I, I believe in even though if it i shouldn't mm. right like it's- <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. absolutely um and like knowing when I was getting like really heated about, I was like, listen, I'd like to have a conversation about this, but like right now, not a good time. Uh, Cause I was just so like, I don't, I don't want to have a conversation in the heat of the moment where I'm like upset, you know, the, where I'm Mm -hmm. feeling like I'm being attacked when I'm not, I mean, I was also high as shit. So (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, I've been, I've been, hopefully this is okay to talk about. Um, yeah. I've been dabbling with shrooms lately and mm, nice, so fun. I highly recommend them. <laughs> they are, they, they were just really uh, decriminalized in Hazel Park, which is, uh, oh, like, I didn't know right, that. Right next yeah. to Riverdale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and mm. I just find myself feeling way more connected to people when I do them. Uh, and doing them with someone that I'm dating is so it's, it's a very emotional thing. Mm-hmm. To do. Um, it definitely deepens the connection with the person. I think yeah. at least, it, at least with me, it deepens the connection with them. I can't say the same for, for the other person, if it yeah. deepens any yeah. connection, but it definitely um, makes me feel way more open with people. Yeah. Um, it's such a fun time. Yeah. So I think the last thing I wanted to talk about um, is that we've kind of, we've kind of talked about sex a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, not nearly enough. I feel like in this conversation, <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. we're, again, you're a sex positive podcast. Um, I just wonder too, like the impact that like sex has on my mental health um, overall, like mental health, like obviously orgasms are great, right? Like mm-hmm. they, they are helpful for your mental health, but like navigating, I think, again, we, we've talked so much about boundaries and communication. Like I just, I think that like for me, communicating like sex boundaries has gotten a lot easier, but it is still like kind of hard. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause again, like the unfortunate part is that you kind of have to go through stuff or you have to kind of like, I mean, it's really like all boundaries, right? Like you have to have those boundaries mm-hmm. crossed to like know what your boundaries are. And yeah. I think, yeah. Um, that sometimes that hap- that obviously has to happen with sex. Um, and I think too, like that's another part of like being a vibing with somebody, right? Like communicating with people, with your partners um, and establishing what each other's boundaries are or what you're into. Like mm-hmm. if you guys are like not compatible sexually, but you're compatible everywhere else. Like that sucks because. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it does suck because I think, I think sex is a huge part of a relationship it's yeah. not really it's like it's not the end all be all of a relationship but like right. if you if you can't connect sexually like that's a i mean for me personally i like if we don't connect sexually i don't want to talk to you 
Um, and there's no, and there's nothing wrong with like not being you know, connected sexually. And there's like, maybe you could communicate or I could communicate more about what I like, but when there's, when there's nothing there, you know, mm-hmm. there's nothing there. There's, I've, I feel like I'm too old for mediocre sex now, you yeah. know, like you should know what you're doing by now. Like you should at least, <laughs> like you should at least, you know, know that foreplay is the thing and that like <laughs> you should be doing it more than the actual P and B sex. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I also think just like, um, like how much like sex or like bad sex can like if, if impact your mental health. Right. Like yeah. we talked last week about purity culture and about how, um, it impacts women um, and, and femme individuals more because of our patriarchal and sexist values. And I think like that's another thing is like not being able to like talk about sex, not being able to have honest conversations um, does like not, it doesn't help you as an individual. It doesn't help your relationship. Um, mm-hmm. But also just like just being able to to talk about sex in general with your friends. Like, I think like we're, we feel so much shame when it comes to not Okay. Our society wants us to feel a lot of shame around sex, yeah, right? Yeah. And so like that shame is perpetrated like throughout all kinds of, of beliefs and actions and thoughts. Um, so for me, like that's something that I've had to kind of grapple with is like not feeling ashamed um, and not letting it get that, get me down, affect my mental health um, for the fact that I am a sexual being. Like I didn't buy my first actual like dildo until, or like vibrator until I was like 27. Yeah. Like I bought, like I had a friend buy one for me in college. Um, but like, I didn't buy my own until I was like, well, old enough because like there was so, so much shame that I had around it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and now I'm like yeah. never going back again because I, again, I, know yeah. a good orgasm can help, um, level my mood out at least. Yeah. <laughs> not make yeah. Me oh my God. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I cannot fathom how long it took me to buy a vibrator. I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand how or why it took me so long, like so much wasted time yep. of, but you know, we all get there eventually. Yeah. I'm so like, I'm so thankful for sex toys and being sex positive. Like I follow so many, uh, like sex content creators on Instagram and it's just like, this is normal. It's normal mm-hmm. to want to stick things inside of yourself. Like, <laughs> you know, right. it's, it's yes. normal to want to feel good. Um, yeah. And I think like, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't feel ashamed of wanting to feel good. And we shouldn't feel ashamed for like asking or telling a partner that we want to feel good. Yeah. It's um, also, I think always very important to highlight that the clit has literally no other function than an orgasm it doesn't do anything that's that is its sole purpose yep (laughs) is to do that so do it (laughs) do it so do it what are we do it like like it just makes it i think sex should be shouldn't be about one person it should be about both people Mm -hmm. and like being connected and i don't know like if you can't if you can't communicate what you like you're not going to have good sex. Yeah. You're not going to have an I, orgasm. 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I just said that to a guy I, I did maybe this summer. Like, if you cannot communicate with me, if you, if I cannot communicate with you, this sex is going to be terrible. Like, mm-hmm. and like yeah. the hard pass. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to tell and me I, what you're into. I got to tell you what you're into like, or what I'm into. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm a right. like, <laughs> that's like its own thing maybe yeah. that is what they're into being told yeah. but and I do yeah. want to recognize like obviously there's a sexuality as a spectrum I understand and know mm-hmm. that there are ace individuals out there that have zero desire but I want to recognize that like this is coming from a place of like if you are into sex mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. want yeah. that in your relationship like want to just yeah. own that and recognize that so any mm-hmm. of our ace listeners um yeah aren't feeling heard so yeah, definitely. I mean, I th- there's so much to a relationship that like sex can be secondary, but I think mm-hmm. for like for me personally, I don't like that's a first for me. It's like way up mm-hmm. there. Like yep. if we can't have good sex, then like I don't want to talk. I don't want to like 
and if I have to, like, if I have to tell you every, t- like, every time, like, that you're doing something that I don't like, or that, like, I have to, like, guide you every single time we have sex, like, that's not fun for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I mean, I will say, like, what's hard is it's the whole, like, adage or whatever. It's like, well, they should just, like, know my body. They should just know what feels good. Like, <laughs> There is a level of like, it is hot. Like when you don't have to tell your partner what to do, they just kind of already know they just do it. Like Mm -hmm, there is mm -hmm. that level of like, yeah, Mm -hmm. it is, it is hot. But at the same time to like, never tell them what you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there is a point where like you do need to communicate what you like. Like they just expect all of your sexual partners to like know exactly what you like and do it every single time like that it is just not going to happen, but eventually, hopefully they learn it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it will be extra hot because they'll, they're doing what they know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They've learned. Yeah. It's, it's like, there's a, there, like, you've got to, there's something to be said about listening to my body and like, no, knowing what to do with someone else's body, Mm -hmm. but like, you got to, you've had to have experience, you know, mm-hmm. you can't, mm-hmm. you can't just dive in without, without having played around a bit. Like, I don't want to be with someone who doesn't know anything about sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we're too old for that. Too old. For that. <laughs> too old. We've come too far. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's like, that's not to, I don't want to like diminish people who aren't super like sexual or like haven't had a lot of sex because they just like, don't find that you know, um, some that they're interested in, but, you know, speaking from a place of, of hypersexuality all the time, especially like when I'm, when I'm in a, uh, a manic episode, like all I want to mm-hmm. do is have sex. Like, I just want to, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. like, it's a, it's a symptom of, of bipolar disorder, which is, it's a fun symptom because like, it's fun for, you know, for me, but it's also like, it can also be super draining for other people, like on, mm-hmm. like on the receiving end of me, because I'm like, mm-hmm. let's go, let's go, let's do this again. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, yeah, come on. Like, this isn't yeah. enough. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's, that's not fun to be like, you got to go again. Like you got to, you got to get <laughs> immediately. Yeah. yeah. Immediately. I'm ready. Like, here next, we go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Which, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, I think all relationship, I think all a relationship boils down to is just being open and honest. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's like something that just needs to be drilled into everyone's brain <laughs> is you got to know how to be honest, you know, be tactful about it. Don't just be like, Hey, you're doing this and it sucks. And you're being, you're mean Bye. like, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, because like, I think so many things get misconstrued when you're not, when you're not, uh, when you're scared of what the other person is going to say. Because you're not like, you don't like, you're not, you don't want to hurt their feelings or like, I think, especially with, with sex, you know, when you tell a man, you know, oh, I don't like that. I would like this. There's Mm -hmm. like this, this sense of like, am I going to hurt his ego a little bit? Like, yep. And that, and that right there is like a big thing for people for, for, Mm -hmm. you know, like they don't want to have their ego bruised at, at any point in time because god forbid they get humbled right um, i think what's but, what's interesting is i read a uh, research article recently for a paper that i was writing is that um they did a they did a study with high school students and they were looking at sexual self-efficacies like basically their confidence in like controlling the situation or being in control or saying no yes like just like what we're talking about and high school boys at least had less sexual efficacy than girls um, mm-hmm. and they, they kind of argued that it could be maybe because of our patriarchal values that like men should know what they're doing. Boys should know what they're yeah. doing. Right. Like this, yeah. like this idea that like boys should be really good in bed and men should be really good in bed and know exactly what we want, but they don't like, no. they don't. And like, that's not a bad thing. Like, again, that's where you guys learn together as sexual partners, especially mm-hmm. if, like you're not, if you're more than just one time, like you work on it together. You learn together. You express mm-hmm. and figure out what you like together as partners. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of the whole, like, you're not, if you want to do sex by yourself, there are toys for that. We've talked about them. Um, mm-hmm. But if you want to have sex with another person, like it is with another person for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have to be open about it. And you have to tell them, you know, this is, 
this is how it is. This is, this is what's going to get me to that. Mm -hmm. Like, this is, this is what's going to make me orgasm. If you do this, you're going to make me come and it's going to be great. You're going to have fun. I'm going to have fun. Now you tell me how to make you, you know, it's like a cheat sheet. Yeah. And I think that conversation can be like, as like, you can have that conversation and it can be a sexy conversation. Like it can be Uh like a very, like it doesn't even have to be a conversation you have together in this in the in the same room. You know, you can like text about it, and it can be uh-huh. like something to like look forward to, mm-hmm. or like you know, it can. It, I think it's a huge turn on when someone is like, "So did you like this?" Or like, "What would you mm-hmm. think about if I did this?" You know, I think mm-hmm. especially with with how dating is now, there's a lot of texting, a lot of texting. We don't we don't no. talk on the phone as much. So yeah, tell me what you're going to do to me when you see me next. So then I can tell you, mm-hmm. no, I don't like that. <laughs> or, <laughs> do you know, not do that. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Like, No, that doesn't sound know. fun. Please don't. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, so Morgan, I just want to say I really, really, really appreciate you being on our podcast today. Um, it's mm-hmm. been so much fun catching up with you and talking about yeah. this. And, yeah, hearing, we're going to have you back. So yeah, I can't guys, wait. Yeah, if you guys like hearing... Yeah, if you guys liked hearing um, Morgan's perspective on things and our conversations, she will be back. So don't worry. Um, yeah, any yeah. any last minute thoughts, Morgan or Rachel? Um, no, I, I think I think we had such a nice conversation, and I'm excited to come back and talk more about like my perspective of dating because I think it's a I think getting more perspective more perspectives on dating helps other people yeah. date. Yeah, I definitely feel like you bring a bit of diversity just to our our duo. So yeah, yeah. that was good. Good to yeah. hear different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. absolutely. Well, thanks everybody. Um, join us again in two weeks for another episode and we'll catch you then. Thanks everyone. Mm-hmm. Bye pals. If you're enjoying Ope I Did It Again, follow us on Instagram at Ope Podcast. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Email us. Tell us your stories. You can reach us at oakpodcast22 at gmail.com.